If you do any prospecting with LinkedIn, you have got to go get set up with Surf. That's S-U-R-F-E. It's a tool you can use to add new contacts to your CRM system directly from LinkedIn in seconds. I'm using it every single day. I add contacts, follow my deals, keep track of notes, and it ends up saving me a bunch of time on prospecting and outreach, which means I can spend more time moving my deals along. The data is always 100% accurate since I don't have to copy and paste all the fields over from each and every contact that I want to put in my CRM. Instead, Surf does that all automatically with just one click in about 60 seconds. The team over at Surf has put together a very special offer for fans of sales players. There's a link down in the show notes and you can use the promo code JWSURF5. Don't forget the E at the end of Surf. That's JWSURF5 for 5% off your first year. Don't spend another minute doing things manually. Go get set up with Surf. Hey everybody, it's Jesse here with another SaaS selling tip. And I realize it's been a couple of weeks since I put any content out. The last uh, episode that dropped was the one I did with Zachary Ballinger, who was uh, my colleague and very close friend from several years back. Definitely check out that episode if you haven't listened to it already. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We got a little rowdy, uh, but we covered some really interesting and, and in some cases kind of uh, edgy topics compared to what I'd normally talk about on the show. So definitely check that episode out. Uh, the reason I've been so busy and uh, in this case silent, I haven't put out any new content in a couple of weeks was I've actually been working on the largest sale that I've ever done in my in my career thus far. And I'm super excited about it. I'll give you as much detail as I can, although I'm not going to reveal who the the, the client is uh, or any specifics around the dollar size or anything like that. Um, but it's a fairly large deal that I'm, I'm working on. It's an annual deal with a large, uh, you know, sort of B2C consumer. I'll, I'll say that they're in the home services segment and they're based in the United States. So uh, we've been working with this company as uh, as a pilot customer over the last few months. And I was thrilled that uh, they've, you know, sort of reached out and wanted to look at what their options were for renewing with us and rolling in, uh, you know, more SaaS for 2021. They're, you know, they've tested our product at this point. There's been buy-in from leadership. Uh, and then they've just had a lot of success thus far. It's only been a couple of months since we started working with them, but they're seeing results. They're seeing ROI. Uh, the products worked out really well for them and they want to go big for 2021. So I'm, you know, feel very fortunate to have been able to work this opportunity. It's been, you know, something of a roller coaster because it's been a lot of work trying to make sure the right people are engaged in the deal cycle. One of the things that I've thought a lot about as far as, you know, what I've done well in this, if I'm giving myself good feedback, there's of course always things that I could do better. Um, but one of the things, and, and I highly encourage this, if you're working on large scale deal cycles in the, you know, multiple six figure, seven figure range is, you know, of course, making sure that you have multiple threads going in every deal cycle. What do I mean by multiple threads? Well, you should have uh, probably at least three, but maybe even more stakeholders involved in this given deal, in, in any given deal, especially the larger scale ones when you're talking about spending a lot of money, like I said, hundreds or uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, or, or, or into the seven figures. So if you have just one point of contact that you're working with on the project and that person, you know, gets let go or gets, uh, you know, moves to a new city, moves on from the company, whatever it is, or decides that they don't want to push very hard to, to get a large scale contract done. 
it can really limit your ability to, to have control over the deal cycle uh, by having only one contact. And most people know this, especially in the enterprise world, that it's really important to run multiple threads around a deal. So how are, what are some ways that, that you can do that? Uh, let me tell you about this specific deal and, and one of the things that I did. I had found out early on that one of the director level contacts is actually based in, in the city that I'm in, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, and I knew he was here and I sat on this for a while because of the pandemic. I didn't want to try to push for an on-site meeting. Uh, but one of the things I did was I sent him an email and just said, look, maybe it's not a good time for us to get together for a happy hour for coffee. There's a global pandemic going on right now and it's probably not best to, to get out and about. But if there's any chance you do want to get together, I'd be willing to do some sort of an outdoor patio setup where we're not in a you know bar or in a coffee shop breathing in, uh, you know, possibly breathing in the coronavirus, right? So I reached out to him just via email and said, I know we're we're based in the same city. We've we've of course met as part of this deal cycle, but I'd like to to get some FaceTime with you if possible. Now. Turns out he's actually no longer living here. He's actually moved to a new city since, uh, you know, since I first got acquainted with him. And as such, we, we didn't have an opportunity to get together in person, but we did start to build from there kind of a, a, a more personal relationship via phone, uh, text messaging, and, uh, you know, cell phone. We're kind of on a cell phone basis. So after that, having that, you know, stakeholder in the deal cycle was really helpful um, because he was able to give me the feedback that I needed. Uh, to make sure that the offer was competitive, uh, to make sure that we were putting the right resources together for their team as they were preparing to present to their finance group and to their president, actually. And so at that point, I had three stakeholders in the deal, uh, four if you count a technical resource that I you know, was looping into to different things. So it's really good to have a couple of different people that you can go to when you're working on a deal cycle like this. Uh, so that if any of the if anyone goes dark on you, you've got someone else to go to. And you know, in this case, I was working with a senior director, a director, and then a manager level contact. So I, I had a pretty good span of of you know leadership breadth there in the deal. I could have even gone higher uh, and, and can if I'm giving myself uh, you know sort of Monday morning quarterback feedback. It would be how could I now go to the executive level, the vice president? Uh, how do I get you know the senior executives engaged in what we're doing? It sounds like they're at least aware of what we're doing, uh, but I don't have that direct access. And that's probably the next phase as we as we continue to grow this partnership. So that is a quick uh, you know tip in the importance of multi-threaded deals. If you're working on a deal right now and you only have one contact that you're in touch with to, to drive the deal along, there's a couple of different tactics you can or approaches you can take, I should say, approaches you can take to adding another thread or another two or three threads into the deal. So one of those would be proposing to your contact uh, a, a meeting with a broader team. That's, uh, you know, it's kind of, it can feel like an awkward conversation the first time you have it. But once you do it a few times, it'll start to feel more familiar. But basically, let's say I'm working with a manager or a director level contact. Uh, it's just worth the question at the end of a call or, or even in the middle of a call, just, you know, hey, so-and-so, would it be helpful to have a follow-up demo or a follow-up conversation around the you know outcomes or goals with a member of your executive team? I'd love to get in touch directly with the the sponsor of this project. That's a good word you can use. Is you know is there someone specific sponsoring this project that would like to see a demo of what we can do? 
Uh, is there someone uh, who's overseeing the, you know, the, the the business outcomes to this project that that we should, you know, be including in these conversations? That's a polite way to ask. You know, would you be willing to bring in your your executive resource to a future demo or a future call so we can discuss, uh, you know, again, goals, objectives, outcomes. Uh, or, or demo the features and products so that they can see that as well. So uh, yeah, that's a good question is, you know, who, who would be sponsoring this project and then would that person be interested in joining the, the next conversation? And then just shut up and let the, the contact guide the, the conversation from there. And I think usually most people are, are receptive to that. And if there's a reason not to bring the executive in, they'll, they'll usually let you know at that point. And it's one of those things that if you continue to be persistent, eventually you'll get it. Another approach that I've been taking, and I learned this about a year ago, uh, and I've been using it quite a bit, is executive peering. So if you know if you have execs that aren't involved in the cycle, maybe offer to bring in your vice president of sales or vice president of customer success or really any leader that you have access to that might be willing to jump on a 30 or 60 minute call. And the way you kind of package that to the to the contact is you know, what if we got, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to bring leadership on my side. If you can bring leadership on your side. Um, again, the term for this is executive peering. Uh, but the, the idea is that <clears throat> in some cases, these uh, execs on the, on the prospect side or the customer side want to interact with someone that's at their same level, or at least has a similar title and is a manager and things like that. They don't necessarily want to spend time on the phone with an account executive or an inside sales specialist or something like that. So if you can offer up, you know, hey, access to, I've got access to a leader on my side, they can jump on, uh, maybe bring the leaders on your side so we can make sure that there's uh, mutual alignment between what we have to offer and what the goals are in this project. So that's another tactic to, to get connected into other contacts. And then of course, join that call and build that relationship on your own as well. But you're also building other threads within you know your own company. I've heard this said a lot before, which is the best uh, software sellers, the best enterprise sellers are the ones that know how to manage their own internal org and get as many resources pulled from their internal org versus not, you know, versus just managing how to, you know, navigate an external org. So think about that for a minute is some of the best reps are the ones that know how to use their own internal resources, whether that's leadership, tools, uh, collateral, um, you know, everything from like a demo environment to just everything at their disposal from the inside, being able to present that as a solution on the outside uh, can be a real game changer when you're running these deal cycles. So those are a couple ideas for multi-threading your deals. Uh, reach out if you need any, any help on that or if you have any follow-up questions, but uh, best of luck selling here through the holidays and uh, hope you're all well. Thanks.